This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser from Bloomberg Radio. Well, just yesterday, the indoor ag and tech company Gotham Greens, they announced a new equity and debt capital raise, some $87 million. So let's find out what they're up to and what their growth plans are and how the pandemic has really been impacting them. Uh, great to be talking once again with Viraj Puri. He's co-founder and CEO of Gotham Greens. Full transparency, I've reported on them for Bloomberg TV and Bloomberg Radio audiences. I am a satisfied customer also. And Viraj joins us on the phone in Brooklyn. Viraj, nice to have you back. Great to be back, Carol. How are you? I'm doing really well. Um, I do want to talk about the, the uh, equity and debt raise in just a moment, but tell me about how you are doing and what life's been like under COVID. It's been a whirlwind year, no doubt, mm. as it has been for many, many people, if not everybody. Uh, but doing well, keeping healthy, uh, keeping, keeping our staff, our team members around the country, almost 400 of them, healthy and safe has been really our top priority. And we've been able to keep our business fully operational. And for that, I am extremely grateful. We are fortunate to be in the food system. We are fortunate to be um, considered essential employees. And we work hard to keep our supermarket customers fresh with stock, um, healthy, fresh produce. What was the toughest part of staying fully operational during the pandemic? So... Look, we, we saw the writing on the wall. Um, our team put a crisis management uh, plan into place in, in early February. So we worked really hard to secure our supply chain, uh, work on shifting our shift schedules around so we could enforce more social distancing and, and even sort of got on the temperature checks and things um, a little bit early on. So I feel incredibly fortunate that we were able to do that. And we've certainly had to modify how we run our facilities but uh, very early on, got confirmation from the federal government um, that, that we would, in fact, be considered an essential industry. So we informed our employees that we could stay operational. And literally, uh, the day that the pandemic was declared, we received a surge in, in requests from our supermarket customers to run extra trucks on the road and deliver more product, uh, wow. you know, since there was such a run on grocery stores. So it really provided us with an opportunity to really prove our value proposition in the supply chain. You know, the supply chain is so reliant on California, the centralized production there, and we were able to really serve our customers well. Yeah, that's pretty remarkable because, you know, it's all been about supply chains. What what about what you learned during the pandemic, uh, especially with this new, you know, debt and cap, you know, uh, equity raise? I do wonder about, are there strategies that you were thinking about implementing? And, and I've seen, you know, your greenhouses out there in Brooklyn. I mean, it's pretty remarkable. It's very high tech. But are there strategies, Viraj, that you were thinking about putting in place, but taking your time and now all of a sudden you're like, okay, we're all in on this? Because of the Candidly pandemic. speaking, this yeah. growth strategy and plan was already well in the works even prior to COVID. So in mm. 2019, we almost doubled our capacity with new greenhouse facilities in Illinois, Maryland, Rhode Island, and Colorado. So uh, we were able to really ramp up those facilities this year and double our growth year on year. And we already had a plan into place um, to expand further, further geographic market expansion within the U.S., in 2021 and 2022. So this funding is going to enable us to do that while continuing to build operational capacity and uh, just build our brand and continue to be a leader in this in this segment and this category. To be fair, did you have to put some plans on hold because you were just making sure that your employees were sell- safe, your teams were safe, and that you were meeting all of that increased demand by your supermarket customers? Certainly. Yeah. We, we, uh, for, for, for a couple of months there in the spring, we, we were just focused on exactly that and uh, didn't focus as much on 
on sort of the new site development and land acquisition. So we certainly held our breath for a little bit, but then as as um, things stabilized a little bit in the summer, we, um, we, we doubled down on those efforts. It really sounds like you guys have really been kind of in warp speed, if you will. So tell me about the visibility you feel like you have in 2021 and how you see the year playing out. As a, as a CEO, someone who's running a company, how confident do you feel about the outlook? Given this sector that we're in, which is fresh food production, Mm -hmm. I think the outlook um, looks bright. I think the future is bright for our company, but also for our sector as a whole. I think the pandemic has really revealed a lot of, um, should I say, sort of risks in the supply chain, right? And our entire model is built upon decentralizing the supply chain of highly perishable fresh produce and growing it in closer proximity to uh, large supermarket retailers and, and institutional food service operators. So I think from the B2B side, the outlook is strong. Uh, you know, there's a lot of headwinds in the incumbent supply chain, whether it's uh, water-related issues out west, whether it's climate-related issues, the, the wildfires, um, farm labor issues. So I, I really do think that more and more fresh produce is going to be grown indoors. And then I think from the consumer standpoint, Consumers are cooking at home a lot more, um, although obviously all of us are anxious to get back into restaurants and being out again. People are cooking more at home and they want better quality ingredients and they care more about where their produce um, is grown. And is it hygienic? Is it clean? Is it um, sustainably grown? So I I do think on balance, the the prospects are, are certainly very promising. Listen, I think that's a really important aspect of it, sustainability. I mean, talking with a lot of senior executives, people running companies, I mean, this is what consumers want. This is what brands need to stand for. And I do think ag is one of those areas when we talk about the climate and water uh, usage, that's a big deal. And and I'm curious, you know, what you're seeing in that area and, and the role that Gotham Greens can play in all of that. Absolutely. I mean, agriculture, like you're alluding uh, to, is a huge consumer of natural resources, right? So it's mm-hmm. the largest consumer of land on the planet. It's the largest consumer of fresh water in the planet. So around 75% of fresh water withdrawals go toward agriculture and farming. Um, it's the largest cause of global water pollution. It contributes 20% of global carbon emissions. You know, the list goes on. So if we're yeah. really serious about sustainability and climate change, we need to be looking at ag. And we're seeing a lot of inve- uh, innovation. We're seeing a lot of investment in research and development all throughout the ag supply chain, from the tech side to the distribution side to actual farming techniques, uh, the use of big data. So we play a role within that. And our form of farming specifically which is broadly known as controlled environment agriculture, allows us to farm using land a lot more efficiently. So what we can grow in one acre mm-hmm. would require 30 acres out in the field, right? So we're much more land efficient. We use 95% less water than conventional farming. And by growing the product in much closer proximity to the marketplace, we don't have to ship the product uh, you know, great distances. So there's less sort of fuel consumption and associated emissions, as well as less waste. Um, Less fresh produce gets thrown away this way. So, yeah, I mean, look, we're not sort of saving the entire agricultural system by any means, but I I definitely think we're um, playing a role in it, and consumers are increasingly interested and want to spend their dollars uh, with companies that, that are rooted in those kinds of values. I was going to challenge you, why not save the whole ag system, <laughs> Faraj? Because, you know, I, I remember our conversation, and it's been a few years um, when you guys, you know, and I was out there in Brooklyn with you atop uh, the Whole Foods. But I do wonder, 
you know, I think we talked about kind of bigger, broader picture that could we ultimately, should we ultimately see where we are really utilizing, especially in urban spaces, why not use our rooftops to create farming and make it much more local and accessible for everyone and fresh produce for everyone? Yes, absolutely. We've seen a surge in interest in urban farming, whether it's on a commercial scale, like what we're doing, or whether just folks are doing in their communities, on their in their kitchens, on their fire escapes, right? And you're seeing yeah. a surge of interest in farming in school classrooms and, um, you know, even prior to the pandemic, right? So I think there is this growing consumer interest in, in, in growing food again, which I think is fantastic. I think to do things on a commercial scale and really make a dent in the a meaningful dent in the overall supply chain, um, these types of facilities have to be considerably larger to get the economies of scale. So we've sort of graduated, if you will, from these kind of smaller rooftop greenhouses to, to considerably larger facilities that are just on the edges of cities. So our facility in Chicago, 150,000 square feet it's mm-hmm. within the city limits, but it's just on the edge of the city, uh, similar in, in Baltimore. So, um, yeah, we... We're just scaling up a lot. This is like a total addressable market just in the categories we play, like leafy greens are around $15 billion. The current category of indoor production is maybe 1% of that $15 billion. So there's enormous white space. Wow, exactly. All right, so listen, you said you've doubled uh, capacity in the past 12 months, right? And you're still opening up new greenhouses. What, do you expect to double capacity in 2021 again? Close to it. I mean, we doubled capacity in the last year. We've doubled our revenue this year, um, increased our unit sales by 80%. And over the next year, we expect to keep up that level of growth, though mm-hmm. some of the actual capacity increases will probably come in early 2022. 2022. What's, what's the biggest challenge for you as you grow? It's, uh, it's, it's a capital-intensive business. We okay. have to secure land sites. We have to develop our own facilities, so we're building them from scratch. It's a highly specialized um, type of building, uh, right? It's not a type of real estate asset class that we can just, you know, call up a broker and, and find something, right? We actually have to build it from scratch. Right. So it takes some, it takes some time to build the facilities, and uh, that's, you know, so I think our biggest challenge is, is, is just getting, getting the capacity built fast enough because the market demand is certainly there. Hey, one last question. Enough money out there in uh, the capital markets or private markets that you guys can continue to stay a privately owned entity? Is that the goal for some time or are you thinking about going public just quickly? That is the goal for the time being. We're, we don't see the need to raise money from the public markets. We have a lot of investors who have backed us from day one and we've been able to get increasing uh, project finance and debt financing as well, which is, you know, on very attractive terms. So mm-hmm. I think for the time being, we're looking at staying private, but all options are on the table as we grow. Well, listen, great to check in with you. And, and please keep us uh, up to date on, on some of your new future plans and as things happen. Uh, love to check in with you once again. Uh, Viraj Puri, thank you so much. Co-founder, Chief Executive Officer of Gotham Greens, joining us on the phone from Brooklyn, as I mentioned. Uh, they did uh, do an $87 million new equity and debt count capital raise that was just uh, yesterday and, and talking about some of their growth plans going forward.